Church Audio, striving to introduce people to Jesus through scripture, biblical instruction, and prayer with authenticity and vibrancy. You don't need to know anything about the Bible. Just sit back, relax, and let God do the rest. Please consider subscribing to this podcast and leave a rating and review. And please consider supporting this ministry through a tax-deductible donation at mountainview.church. That's mountainview.church slash give. Now here's this week's message. How do you feel about seagulls? When they're soaring in the sky, maybe in front of a beautiful sunset, they seem quite nice, don't they? But when you're trying to have a picnic on a beach, they can be a nightmare. As a kid, I remember going down to the waterfront with my dad, and there was often a french fry truck parked nearby. We'd get a tray of fresh cut fries and watch the boats go up and down the river. It was the perfect experience until seagulls showed up. Let me tell you, those seagulls loved those french fries. If you placed your tray down for more than a few seconds, your french fries were attacked. (laughs) The really bold seagulls, they would time their attack and they could direct it at a single fry from the point you raised it out of the tray, about to put it in your mouth, they would swoop down and grab it. And this isn't just a seagull problem, this is actually a common bird problem. In big cities, pigeons become emboldened and snatch up food wherever they can find it. Ducks and geese are known to steal sandwiches from park benches. Pelicans will steal bait fish right out of a fisherman's boat and an eagle will swoop down and snatch a salmon right from the fisherman's feet right after he's landed it to shore. In general, birds are often opportunistic thieves. If they see food and they're given a chance, they're taking it. And birds have been acting like that for a very long time. In the first century, farmers called sowers in the Bible had bird problems as well specifically when sowing their seed. A first century sower didn't have farming equipment like we do today, so he'd have to spread seed by hand. There was only so far that a person could throw seed without it dispersing too much and not planting properly. So they would walk up and down rows, creating pathways through the field, spreading the seed as they walked. Well, as you can imagine, the soil under these paths would become flattened and hardened, compressed. Sometimes, as the sower was throwing out seed, some of the seed would fall on the paths between the rows. This is when the birds showed up. Because the paths were so flattened and hard, the birds could easily swoop down and snatch up the seed that fell along the path. This, of course, was a significant loss of valuable resources to a first century sower. This was a commodity-based society where trading was commonplace. So seed represented a future resource. It was very valuable. With that in mind, you can understand why any birds that visited a sower's field were not welcomed. They weren't guests. Quite the opposite, actually. Birds were a sower's greatest adversary. They were seed thieves. Jesus uses this common first century struggle as the opening scene for his parable 
of the sower. We're going to study this parable over the next four weeks. Today, we'll focus on the birds that steal seed from the path. Then we'll unpack the deeper spiritual meaning and who these birds really represent. The parable of the sower is found in Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 to 9. Matthew 13, 1 to 9. If you don't have a print Bible like I do, there are a few ways that you can get one. You can right now go to Bible.com and access the Bible there. You could download a Bible app on your mobile device. If you would like a print copy, you can text the number on the screen and we'll be happy to mail you one. But if you're in-house today, you can find a print copy underneath the seat in front of you. Once again, the parable of the sower is found in Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 to 9. Now, if you're unfamiliar with how to look something up in Scripture, it's okay. Uh, I'll teach you now. You go to the table of contents, and there's, it's separated into two sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Matthew's found in the New Testament. It's actually the very first book of the New Testament. So the table, table of contents will give you a page number, and you can head there. And then you want to go to chapter 13. Those are the big numbers in the text. And then you want to just go from chapter 1 to 9, which we'll be reading together now. Reading from Matthew 13, verses 1 to 9. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him. So he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path. And the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. There is a lot going on in this parable. I started you down the topic of birds stealing seed. But now you're hearing about seed falling on rocky soil and into thorn bushes, and of course, some of the seed falling into good soil. I realize that there is so much happening in this story, it can be hard to process. But don't worry. Over the next four weeks, we're going to walk through this entire parable, slowly studying and discovering the deeper meaning behind each type of soil and what these situations mean for your life and the lives of the people you know and love. According to Matthew's description, Jesus is presenting this parable to a massive crowd. The crowd was so large, in fact, that he had to get into a boat so that people might see him better, and probably because of the way noise travels over water, his voice could be heard further. There were people from all walks of life, so this parable applied to them all, at least in some way. Much like the audience that is watching this message right now, you are from all walks of life. So this parable applies to every single one of us, every single one of you, in some way. As you may have guessed from the introduction, today we're studying the seeds that fell along the path. And as we've already established, the sower has an adversary that's stealing seed. In order to gain a full understanding of this parable 
and specifically this part of the parable, we're going to answer three key questions. First, what does the seed represent? Second, what or who are the birds representing? And finally, what does the soil represent? Thankfully, Jesus explained this parable to the disciples later on, and Matthew recorded it for us at the end of chapter 13. So I'll take a moment now, I'll read the path component of the parable once again, then we'll scroll forward to verses 18 and 19, where Jesus reveals the message behind the seeds that fell along the path. Let's read together. Matthew chapter 13, verse 4 says, And he sowed. Some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Then, if we scroll forward to verses 18 and 19, we read this. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. Let's address our first key question. What does the seed represent? Jesus reveals to us that the seed that has been sown or scattered is the word of the kingdom. Jesus is telling an earthly story, but he's referring to God's eternal kingdom. How do we know this to be true? Well, we find out in a parallel account of the sower that's found in the book of Luke. In the first few verses of Luke's book, his gospel account, we discover that he's writing to a non-Jewish man named Theophilus. Theophilus had a Greco-Roman background and may not have understood that, quote, the kingdom meant God's kingdom. So, if you don't have a Jewish heritage, like Theophilus, Luke's writing will be helpful for you as well. Luke gets right to the point when he writes down Jesus' parable of the sower. In Luke chapter 8, verse 11, he writes, Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The seed that is being scattered is God's word, revealing his eternal kingdom. Jesus is the son of God, fully human, yet fully divine. And he has been given the authority to communicate these types of earthly parables that carry eternal truths. Not only that, Jesus would be the one bringing about God's eternal kingdom. He would be sacrificed on a cross for the sin of all humanity. Then he would die and be buried. But then he would be raised from the dead. Jesus would conquer sin and death, bringing forward an opportunity to receive forgiveness and eternal redemption. The future of humanity is predicted within this story. So, if you care about what happens after this life is over, then you definitely want to pay attention to the message that's found in this parable. With that in mind, let's figure out what these birds represent. In verse 19, Jesus reveals the birds as representative of the evil one, comes and snatches the seed away. Jumping back to Luke chapter 8, once again, he provides a more direct interpretation for his friend Theophilus. Luke states that these birds are the devil who come to take away the word. And then we have Mark, who also recorded an account of Jesus telling of this parable. In chapter 4, 
verse 15 of Mark's gospel, he recorded that it is Satan who immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. In all three of these accounts of Jesus' parable, the message is crystal clear. The sower has an adversary that is stealing seed. The sower's adversary is the evil one, the devil, who goes by the name Satan. And he is waiting and watching, ready to snatch up any seed that may fall along the path. The path is easy pickings for Satan because it's hard packed. It's compressed, beaten down ground. There's no soft, moist soil for the seed to fall into and germinate. This leads us to our third question. What does the soil represent? If we come back one last time to verse 19, Jesus tells us that when someone doesn't understand the word of God's kingdom, it's because the evil one has snatched it away, snatched away what has been sown in his heart. Jesus says, this is what was sown along the path. The truth is, there are people who will hear the word of the kingdom. They will hear all the details of God's salvation plan provided through his son, Jesus. But their hearts are like that hard-packed path. The seed of the kingdom can't germinate and it can't take root. The soil of their heart is rock hard. And when the seed of God's word falls on a rock hard heart, the evil one easily snatches it up. They're left in a state where they heard the truth of Jesus, but it couldn't penetrate. Satan stole the truth before they could accept it and understand it. I get it. Maybe you're still skeptical. Maybe you're thinking, if this were true, why didn't Jesus just speak plainly? Why did he speak in parables? What's the point of all this? Did you know that the first disciples had similar thoughts? If you scroll to the middle of Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 10, you might see a heading that reads, The Purpose of the Parables. Let's read it together. Matthew chapter 13, verses 10 to 14. Then the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given. And he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. The parables are warnings to everyone who hears them or reads them. And the parable of the sower is a warning that begs this question. When was the last time you checked the soil of your heart? What if Jesus was trying to spread the seed of truth on your heart right now? Would it be able to rest in soft, fertile soil? 
Or would it scatter across the surface like a rock hard path? Have you created a beaten down path for the enemy to easily snatch up the truth from your heart? Are you feeling tempted to scroll away from this video and never give it a second thought? If so, it might be an indication that the soil of your heart is in fact hard. Right now, you are hearing God's word, but inside of you, you feel this compulsion to reject it maybe, instead of accepting it. Please don't do it. Don't let the enemy snatch this moment away. Don't resist the seed of God's kingdom that the sower, Jesus Christ, is offering you right now. Instead, I would ask you to listen, receive, and understand this truth. Before you were ever born, God knew you and he loved you. He loved you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on a cross in your place to pay for all the sinful things that you've ever done. Even the secret things that you are so shameful of that you would never want anyone to know. Even those. Jesus took the punishment for all of it. Then he died and was buried in a tomb. But then something miraculous happened. Three days later, God raised Jesus from the dead. In that defeating death, and reigning victorious over sin, over my sin, over your sin. And in the Bible, it's written that if you place your trust in Jesus and you believe that God raised him from the dead, you will receive eternal salvation. <laughs> Moreover, you will receive God's Holy Spirit living inside of you for the rest of your days on earth. And the best part is yet to come. Your trust in Jesus will give you entrance into God's eternal kingdom that Jesus was talking about. When you pass from this earth, you will enter God's kingdom. That is the seed. That is the word of God's kingdom that our sower, Jesus, is offering. That's what he's talking about. Jesus wants to plant God's word inside your heart today. The enemy is hoping that it will land on hard soil so that he can snatch it away from you. Instead, Check your heart, soften it as much as you're able, and let the seed of God's word penetrate your heart's soil. If you feel that Jesus has planted something inside your heart today, and you would like to receive it and let it grow, please pray with me. Let's receive the word of God's eternal kingdom together. Let's pray. Dear Father, I know that I'm a sinner, that I've done wrong things, thought wrong things, said wrong things. In this moment, I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that your seed of truth, that your holy word would penetrate my heart, soften my heart that I might receive what you desire to plant. Today, I choose to accept Jesus. I choose to receive the gospel, the good news of Jesus. That he died on a cross for my sin, that he rose from the dead on the third day, that he's beat and conquered the death and sin 
that would otherwise bind me. Send your Holy Spirit into my life. And I wait, trusting in you, following your son Jesus until that day when I enter your eternal kingdom. Jesus, I thank you for your parables. I thank you for the things that you've taught me through your word. I thank you that you are revealing the kingdom of God to us. I thank you that you're alive. Today I choose to follow you. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. If you prayed to receive Jesus today, please drop us a message so that we can help you on your spiritual journey. You can fill out an online connect card at mountainview.church/connect, or you can text connect to the number on the screen and we'll get back to you. Or if you're with us in-house, you can fill out a physical connect card found under the seat in front of you and then hand it in to the welcome desk. And again, we'll make sure we get connected with you. Before you go, we want to give you a couple discussion questions and a prayer focus for you to unpack with others online that might be watching with you uh, or those that might be sitting with you at home, at work, wherever you're watching. Have a discussion with them. First question is this. What does hard soil look like or feel like when telling people about Jesus in our culture? What does hard soil look like or feel like when you're telling people about Jesus in our culture? Question number two, share an experience of sharing God's word, but the seed of truth was stolen. Share an experience of when you shared God's word to someone, but clearly the seed of truth was stolen. Talk about it. What did it feel like? What did the person do afterwards? Discuss maybe how you might present God's word another way, a different way. Talk about how you might go back to them and, and maybe try again. I don't know. You might come up with something. And then last, we're going to do a prayer focus. When you're all done discussing, take some time and pray for someone in your life who has a hard heart. Someone who has hard soil. Get some names from the group that you're with and spend some time praying for those people that you know that have hardened hearts that God might soften them and they might receive God's word of the eternal kingdom. Now, before you go, I want to invite you to next week. We're going to continue on and we're going to look at the next little segment in the parable of the sower and unpack that fully, just like we did today. But I also want to invite you to something called Next Steps. This is for those of you that live in the Whitehorse area or in the Yukon. Uh, we would love you to be a part of our Next Steps Discipleship Workshop, which is next Sunday uh, in the afternoon between 1 and 3 p.m. Uh, we might also open up a online Next Steps uh, workshop. If you're interested, send us a message and maybe we can set that up for you. Thank you so much for being here at Mountain View Church and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Mountain View Church Audio. If you've given your life to Jesus today or would like to join, serve, or support Mountain View Church, please let us know at mountainview.church slash connect. That's mountainview.church slash connect. Have a blessed week.